Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Yeah, you are listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Ole, and Ray Jeezy. Will T is out. We are we are also part of Ampire Media, so make sure you check us out at AmpireMedia.com. Ray, we was having a great discussion about you know what I'm saying music, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you brought back AZ and whatnot, but now you know I, I feel kind of like I, I feel you had me reminiscing, bro. Real talk, you had me reminiscing. I just was singing that AZ classic, I'm back. <laughs> for those of you who don't know New York hip-hop, and for our younger listeners, go back. Early 2000s hip-hop, brother. Classic stuff. Not like it is now. Everybody's auto-tuned. Everybody <laughs> sounds the same. Their names sound similar. The baby, little baby, fat baby. Nah, brother, this is real hip-hop. I know I sound old, but that's dope. I love sounding old sometimes. Hey. It's perfect. You know what's welcome the... to Minicamp Mania with Urban Sports. Hey, you know what, bro? Hey, you know what? Real talk, though. I, I never <laughs> thought I would, I would be that dude. That would like reminisce <laughs> on old music, but I'm that dude now. Like I, I can't even listen to the new dudes, bro. Cause like you just said, they all sound the same. There's no originality in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody sounds the same. You know, I, I tried, dog. I really did. You know what I'm saying? Like Will, who listens to all the people, like, hey, you need to listen to X, Y, Z. I'm like, I've tried, man, but they all look the same. They all dress the same. Yeah, we do sound old, brother. Let's try to, let's try to bridge the gap a bit. <laughs> Ray, though, we gotta embrace it. This is what this is what times this is what it is though, you know what I'm saying? This is what it is. Ah, well, here's the question. As we talk about sports, should we embrace the new style of football where throw the ball forty times, or can you still run the ball down somebody's throat and play good defense and win a championship? Yes, hey, sir. You can you can still run the football, bro. You can. Don't let anybody that's train so, don't let anybody do it, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't let that's anybody so. tell you anything different. You are darn right we can, man. Benny so. Testaverde's coming back out of retirement. Hey, really? That's what if we're doing now? Can come back, so can football great. Hey, look, look, look. You <laughs> so said Vinny, <laughs> Did you say Vinny Testaverde? Is, is that what we're doing? Vinny Testaverde? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Now we're really yes, going sir. back. Now, hey, we are really aging ourselves. This is this is true. We are aging ourselves. <laughs> he played for the Ravens, baby. He played for he the played Ravens. He, who didn't he play for, bro? He played for the Jets, the Ravens, the I, the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Like who? Did he, who didn't he play for? Didn't he play for the Cleveland Browns? Oh, am I off on that one? That's, don't that's, hit, that's, don't hit on Vinny. Oh, is that Bernie Kosar? I didn't get. I keep getting them confused, man. Yeah, that, that was that was Bernie Kosar. That was Bernie, Bernie Kosar. Damn, see, I'm aging myself for real. Now this is getting real. Like this is getting actually really real. All right, so uh, Amp Empire, Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeart. Radio and Google Podcast. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Lake Lewis. As you can tell, you can hear our guests. But Ray, you want to do the next read? <laughs> this show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options and local news health for all of the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. And please don't forget to tweet us 
at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. You can also tweet me directly at Urban Sports underscore. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. I see, I see. Urban no. Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports page. Will T is not in the building. So we'll lay. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. I like how you did that little I sneak. I look, look. I like how you real talk. I appreciate you, but I like how you gave yourself like a sneak little plug, though. I respect that. Hey, here's what we have on tap: Sports Journeys, Washington Football Team reporter Lake Lewis Jr. will jump on the show to give us the four one one on what happened during Washington's mini camp at eight twenty five. We'll talk about the Washington Wizards sticking with well reportedly could could be sticking with um head coach scott brooks because i was off man somebody was getting on me on social media finally we'll talk about the nba <laughs> playoffs hey but first right now we have former usa today senior washington football team reporter and current sports journeys washington football team reporter lake lewis jr on the line what's good lake hey what's going on fellas how you doing we're doing good. We're doing good, man. Um, how's everything mini going with the mania? I know, right? Everybody's everybody's mini a fan of mania. mania. <laughs> Come on, Lake. I know you seen the headlines. Two or throwing five picks. Of <laughs> he's right now, he's gonna have a great season, probably. Hey, man. You know, you can't get too high. You can't get too low with mini camp. But uh-huh. I mean, I know I saw a couple highs out there. This year that, you know, we'll probably talk about here shortly. Okay, definitely. You know, Ray, you know, okay. Ray, because I did hear about, we talked about Tua. Like and people don't yeah. put in the context that it, I heard it was like a monsoon out there, but you know everybody <laughs> boosted that he threw like every. I heard there's Washington fans are like, I'm glad we didn't trade up and get to it. I'm like, dude, I know I saw that, bro. It's mini camp. Can we like can we chill? There we go. Can we chill a little bit? Like we already write, writing people off of mini camp. Okay, I see you. <laughs> I think I think this is a product now of of having you know the draft special. Mm-hmm schedule announcing specials and you know everything is like such a big deal that you know fans now look at minicamp as you know training camp yeah minicamp is training camp mm-hmm. no it's not mm-hmm. it's, uh you know it's getting your guys all together you know back pretty much for the first time with the rookies and you know you're you're working through different things i mean a lot of times you have new faces because of free agency uh, this team has a new quarterback, mm. obviously, which is the most important position on the field. And, you know, I, I did say this over the three days of minicamp. You know, I was there every day. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Taylor Heineke looked like the best quarterback. Right, but yeah. it was minicamp. So yeah. I, I'm tailoring, no pun intended, I'm tailoring <laughs> what I'm saying. I like and, it. I like you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, I'm, you know, I'm just tailoring it down just because people were literally saying that there's got to be a quarterback controversy. I'll say this, if Taylor Heineke plays, you know, throughout the preseason and training camp, mm-hmm. the way he's looked in minicamp, your eyes will tell you that there should be a quarterback controversy. Ooh, okay. So let's get right to let's get right into it. Uh me speaking of the quarterback play. As a whole, how did the quarterback group look in mini at minicamp? I mean, they did some things well and then they did some things not so well. Mm-hmm. Um I will say it was definitely more advanced quarterback play than what we saw last year at this mm, time, gotcha. you know, and um, Alex Smith, you know, we, we know the story with him, but last year at minicamp, I don't think anybody thought, you know, that he was going to hit the field. I thought everyone thought it was just a feel good story, you know, see him back in his uniform or his pad and then that would be it. Um, you know, we obviously know he went on to start some games, win some games and pretty much helped his team get to the playoffs. But I think if you look at the quarterbacks they have now, um, Kyle Allen, 
is back. You know, I kind of surprised me because I wasn't sure if he was going to be back from his, you know, leg injury so soon. But he was out there uh, competing. Taylor Heineke, obviously, we just talked about him and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Steven Montez was out there as well. So I just thought that they looked more professional as a unit. Um, it just looked like the, the offense could do some things. The offense made some big plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they – Diami Brown looked <laughs> – Man, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think he's got a chance to be really good. Um, he was blowing the lid off the defense all day. And, you know, if you can get that kind of production and get the quarterback to throw the ball down the field this year, I, I think the offense will be much improved because of their quarterbacks. All right, the quarterback's looking good. Bring back Jim Zorn, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's make I, this. I hate you, bro. <laughs> All jokes aside, Coach Rivera made it seem like there's going to be a serious quarterback competition. However, from what I'm hearing, Taylor Heineke did not take one snap with the first unit. Do you believe that there's really a controversy, or is he trying to sort of hide his hand from the media at this point? No, I I think he doesn't want a controversy. One thing we know about Ron Rivera is, you know, he, he, he wants consistency. And I think he wants whoever his quarterback's going to be. I think he wants that quarterback to be there from day one and, and be there through week 17 or week 18 now. So, you know, they, 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 I just feel like from what we saw, and I'm not the only person who was out there to felt this way, you know, that, mm. you know, there, the first day was like, okay, first day. Second day was like, hmm, you know, Taylor was doing some things out there. Third day was like, he's looking better right now. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it was. Mm-hmm. His deep ball was better. Um, but let's be honest, uh, Fitzpatrick hasn't been here. You know, these were his first really official practices. Um, and, and, and they're not even considered official practices because they're still, you know, mini camp, OTAs, things like that. So I think he's just working through some stuff, figuring out the playbook. Um, did he look lost? Absolutely not. I mean, he looked like a pro. He absolutely looked like a pro. Um, so I'm not. I don't want anyone to think that we're saying that Fitzpatrick just looked bad. No, 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 no. It wasn't anything like that. It was just that I thought Taylor looked pretty decent out there. And when mm-hmm. he started rolling out the pocket, that's where you saw a night and day difference between the two. There were times mm-hmm. obviously you can't hit a quarterback right now or anything like that. But there were times that if they were able to hit Fitzpatrick getting out the pocket, he would have got blown up. Mm-hmm. And then there mm-hmm. were times when. When when Heineke got out the pocket, he actually made some nice throws down the field. I, I, you know, because he's mobile, and that's what we saw against the Buccaneers. So again, um, you know, if you ask a guy, you know, to get ready for this year, and you know, what did he do in the off season? If you, I'm telling you, even Wole, I mean, you were there. Mm-hmm. If you saw him compared to what he looked like in that Buccaneer game, he looks like a different person. Um, because he's like 20 pounds heavier. I mean, he's Jack right now. Mm-hmm. Almost like, did you get too big? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, big pop style. Yeah, he looks muscular <laughs> in his uniform. He really does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, he said he wanted to put on weight, you know, to protect himself this year mm-hmm. um, and kind of change his style of play where he's not, you know, I guess is freewheeling out of the pocket. But that's what makes him dangerous. And that's what makes, you know, quarterbacks who are, you know, not one-dimensional, but have that added um, that added explosive burst where they can run outside the pocket. That's what makes them special, and I think this kid has it. I really do. So, so like, so, so 
you know that uh, he learned. So Coach Rivera talked about what happened with Dwayne uh, Haskins about how you know he said it was a quarterback competition, but there really wasn't one. Um, he said he learned from that. Do you really think that he's 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 looking at this situation with Taylor Heineke and saying, you know what, I'm going to truly make this a competition, or is it just going to be, you know what, if Ryan Fitzpatrick um, is if Ryan Fitzpatrick is just average and Taylor Heineke is, you know, as good as you as you said, he would still probably go with the would he would he would he go with Heineke? Well, I hope not, mm-hmm. and and I'm and I, I mean I'm saying I, I hope not. I'm saying I hope he doesn't have his mind decided right now mm-hmm. because that, that that's not fair um, to the rest of the team. And Ron Rivera's done a lot of things right here. I mean, he's done some things, you know, that we all question, mm-hmm. you know, at times. But for the most part, he's always done the right thing as far as the competition standpoint. You said from day one in his introductory press conference as the coach that he wanted to make sure that there was competition at every position because that's how you get better. And he's 100% correct with that. But last year, I don't feel like there was a quarterback competition. I feel mm-hmm. like he handed the job to Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm. gave him a captain, um, gave him a C on top of that. We both scratched our head on that. Like, what, what, who's he looking at? <laughs> you know? And we saw the results of that. So the reason why you can't do that this year, although Fitzpatrick's a 16-year veteran, is that you you have a younger guy, and if he outplays the older guy, you I mean you go with the younger guy. Mm-hmm. And and last time I looked, the last impression that that younger guy gave was hmm, this guy might not be that bad if mm-hmm. given an opportunity, mm-hmm. so much so that they signed him to a two-year contract. So so all I'm saying is, it, it, you know, you don't want to have a divisive locker room because you and I both know if there's some guys in that locker room that remember what Heineke did for them. Yeah, they like and they may look, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, may look at, and they may look at it too. Like if they see with their own eyes, he's, out, he's outperforming someone why isn't he getting an opportunity? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that that's the case right now. We're going to have this thing clearly play itself out, um, you know, through throughout training camp and in their, their three preseason games. But, but guys, I'm just telling you, if you see what I saw and what a lot of people saw, this thing isn't so – this isn't a runaway freight train to Fitzpatrick's to be the starter. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Right now, we are talking with Sports Journey's Washington football team reporter, Lake Lewis Jr. And real quick, Lake, since Taylor Heineke appeared to hit up David Boston in the offseason and went to his strength training camp, <laughs> do you think he's going to be harder to bring down now and, and maybe, you know, turn some potentially negative plays into positive ones? Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the, the, the gist of him getting bigger. You know, is to protect himself because let's face it. I mean, some of those those plays he made against the Buccaneers. If you go back and play the same defense again, you know he might be lights out. I mean, mm-hmm. he did get hurt in that game too, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, he got hurt and came back. So that's that's uh, I guess a knock on him is that he he has had a propensity to be injury prone. Um, you know, either I guess going back to school, you know, college, but. I mean, he's got talent, again. And is there a franchise quarterback on this roster right now? No, he's definitely not there. I think I think anybody will tell you that. But mm-hmm. we've seen stranger things happen where an unheralded player mm-hmm. was just given an opportunity, whatever the circumstances were, was given an opportunity, and he ran with it. Um, 
in this case, you need to got to throw with it. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, I, I'm I'm really excited for training camp to start because, guys, I'm telling you, every year we have to try to, you know, spin it positive. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we were doing it knowing. I mean, even the other side of your brain is saying, man, stop lying. <laughs> stop lying. <laughs> right. As you already know, 3-13 and 13 at best. No, no. <laughs> no, this, this, this is a different group. And they've got some young players that are just, they're good football players. And they have potential to be, you know, you know, sniff a pro bowl or two at, at multiple positions. Um, their draft class this year if they if they live up to what what they've been working that towards, this is going to be one of their better draft classes. I mean, they've got oh, guys man. sprinkled throughout. Cosme could be a starter on the offensive line. We already know Davis is penciled in a start middle linebacker. Um, Benji St. Juice, I'm telling you, huh? has a chance to press somebody for for that corner spot. Okay. <laughs> he okay. really does. <laughs> and then. You know, Daami Brown is that that real legit deep ball threat. I mean, he was he was doing he was doing work in minicamp. He, he he absolutely was. And when you guys see him, you're gonna you're gonna you're kind of gonna say he could be a Terry McLaurin type. Mm. You know, he could be a, a a fourth round, fifth round steal. And I expect him to have you know some some big plays for this offense. Like the king of the segways. Perfect timing. I mean, we talked a lot about the quarterbacks, but we know the, the the bread and butter of this team and the strength of this so far. Man, he's just he's, he's dumb athletic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean seriously, man. Like when you see him, it, you're like that's he's a he's a freak athlete. You you can you can just see how he how he gets you know out of his stance, how he backpedals. Obviously, he's got to learn some things, but. From a sheer, you know, remember Ron Rivera said we need to get more athletic and faster in the mm-hmm. middle of the field. Um, I don't know if you can get any more athletic or any any faster from one player than this guy. So I'm telling people right now, he's found his new Davis, you know, because remember Thomas yeah, Davis mm-hmm. was with Rivera for a long time in Carolina, and they had a lot of success there, and Thomas Davis made several Pro Bowls. Um, Jamin Davis looks like that type of player where he he's going to be, man. It's just some teams shouldn't be this fortunate to be able to draft a Chase Young one year and then have a Jamin Davis mm. next year. I mean that's pretty scary. <laughs> so yeah, you you guys will see him and like him a lot because he 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 plays he plays with intentions <laughs> that aren't good. <laughs> yeah, Ray and I should be down there training camp, right, Ray? We should be down there. At this time, I'm, I'm not gonna wear all black, right? I'm wear I'm gonna wear some white. I'm not gonna be all, I'm not gonna be sweating. Lake anyway. had the towel on his head last time. You know, it, it was like you just said, it was super hot, dumb hot. A briefcase, a nice sealed briefcase. It's gonna be like Secret Service. Nobody gets it. I don't know how in the world you were in Richmond and all black. <laughs> I mean, you probably look like you was from Richmond. <laughs> down there but man that's just too hot yeah i ain't doing that again i ain't doing that again man i learned my lesson man i ain't doing that ever again oh so like i mean i was gonna ask you a question about like the wide receiver core in general but you know what you're talking about the yami brown man tell the listeners man like how real was this dude like obviously you just stated that he could be the next scary terry but how 
does he have an opportunity to start alongside Scary, uh, Scary Terry and maybe pushing uh, Samuel to the slot? No, 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 no. I mean, well, well, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that. well, you know, it's a good point, but I think Samuel's, they, they plan on him being on the outside, okay. too. And um, and the, the guy, the kid Humphreys, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if he, I, I know he has, a you know, some concussion history, but if he can stay healthy, he's, He's pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know I'm a Stephen Sims fan, Stephen Sims Jr. fan. Yeah. Stephen Sims Jr. is on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, I heard. To make the roster. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you kind of have to take a step back and say, just because you like somebody or you're cool with somebody, mm-hmm. you think you, you can't do that now because these are the problems that good football teams have. Yeah. They have good players that just they don't have enough room for so this is a good a good a good look for Washington to be able to have that kind of um, depth so to answer your question about Brown I think he's definitely going to be in their top three as far as rotation of receivers Mm -hmm. for sure Um, you know I could see 25 30 balls uh, as a rookie but maybe five or six of them things might be to the house Mm. and I'm saying that because he led the country last year in North Carolina in deep balls. You know, I think things uh, passes over 20 yards. I mean, and, and, you know, scoring left and right. So he's a big play receiver, and I think you pair him with McLaurin and now with Samuels, you know, two two super fast guys in their own right. It's just now you, now you have a receiving core that has speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, like real killer deep speed. So it's going to be interesting to see how your your favorite person in the world will lay Scott Turner. <laughs> you you already know. Ray Ray's with me too. Ray is with me on this too. <laughs> I mean, we saw listen Scott last year. Scott Scott Turner called some good games, some really good games, mm-hmm. and then he had some head scratches. Mm-hmm. Credit to, in fairness to him, they did have four different quarterbacks mm-hmm. and. It's hard for any first-year guy. I mean, he was a first-year coordinator, offensive coordinator. Well, you could it's tell. hard for anybody to kind of establish their offense or what they're going to do <laughs> with four different quarterbacks. Yeah. And, you know, one of them was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, you yeah. could definitely tell he was a first-year coordinator. That I will tell. You can tell. You can definitely tell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was, he, was, he was inconsistent. Let's call yeah. it like it is. He yeah. was. He was inconsistent. But. You know, you come back a year later, mm-hmm. your quarterback play should be more stable, if anything. And you, now, you you know, your running back, who you were trying at running back last year, you know, looks like he's ready to take that role and keep it. Um, yeah. Antonio Gibson looks bigger, by the way. Does he, I so, thought he was going to get smaller. I want him, I want him to get faster. I, I thought he was going to get smaller so he could be faster. I just think his body structure is, okay. is, you know, big legs. I just think his body structure is made for him to look like Zeke. And that's, okay. damn, they're who he's looking like out there. Oh, wow. <laughs> is, is, did, oh, did, 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 did he look limited with the turf toe? Because, I mean, I've heard reports that, uh, you know, he said that's going to always be an issue like, for, yeah, for the season. I mean, and, and I said that. I was even like, it's, I, there's no way that toe's 100% healed. Yeah. But guess what? Him at 85, 90. He still was blown by people. Wow. Okay. I mean, he still was hitting the edge on people, and they were making it a point to pass to him more off the backfield. So thank you. Jesus. They know what they have with him, and <laughs> and I don't think they would be putting him through too much if his toe wasn't wasn't mm. you know good enough to practice. Mm. I think he's I think he's okay, mm-hmm. but a hundred percent. 
I don't know. I mean, we will find out. But I know that they need to, in my opinion, I think Barber, you know, he's a pro. And then, of course, McKissick is more of a pass-catching back. He had over 80 catches last year out the backfield. Um, And then you have the young kid from the area, um, Patterson, Mm. you know, who does look explosive. You know, he really does look like he knows his craft. But I don't know if he makes the roster. You know, it might be a practice squad guy right now. If you're, but if you're going to keep four running backs, then yeah, you got your four running backs right there. Um, well, my concern is, is if Gibson has problems like he did last year as far as his health, do they have another like bell cow running back? You know, on the roster, and I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's my thing too. <laughs> yep. That is my thing too. So that might be tough for them mm-hmm. right there. So, Lake, you've had a lot to say. You know, this is going to be the first of many times we chop it up this season, of course, because we're just getting started, which is so dope, by the way. We're watching the football playing well. It just makes a difference here in this area. You already know what it is. Mm-hmm. But before we let you go, who, in your opinion, had the best showing at minicamp? Man, that's a great question. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were a couple guys. I mean – and there was there were plays that Montez Sweat and Chase Young were making that was just ridiculous. Uh-huh. But you know, of course, they had to hold up, so they yeah. you know you couldn't finish a play. Um, Deron Payne, John Allen, I mean, Matt Ioannidis, they were bringing heat on that on that defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. But from an individual standpoint, surprisingly, it's probably going to be the young guys. It's the rookies. It's, mm. it's to me, St. Juice definitely was one of my top five players in, oh, wow. in many games mm-hmm. as standing out. Um, Brown, um, Taylor Heineke, so we got three there. Um, I mean, Chase and Montez were special, but, you know, you kind of just expect that mm-hmm. from them. So yeah. that's not <laughs> I know. Here. Oh, 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 what am I saying? Uh, McCain <laughs> was ridiculous. Mm. Uh, He's going to be their starting free safety. You heard me say it right now. Oh, Mr. Versatility. Okay. Yeah, and he's listed as a corner right now, right? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife mm. guy. But oh, we already know. But yeah. When they had him back there, and the, they were doing too deep. I mean, he had two picks. Wow. And they were ball hawking. So who, who so, was with them then? Who was with them? Was it Kurt? Was Curl and McCain? Of course he was. I, I, I just want to make sure. <laughs> hey, Lake, I want to make sure. Right Lake, I got to make sure. Right <laughs> oh well, you know, listen. If they don't start Cam uh, Cam Curl, and I'm, I'm, you know, I got to officially call out some folks. So he, he, he needs to be starting. But I mean, uh, Reeves didn't look bad either. Oh, I like I'm Reeves. Big, I'm a big Jeremy Reeves I like fan. Reeves, man. But but McCain just looked different mm. back there. He just looked different. Um. And then because of you, because of the emergence of St. Juice, I'm telling you guys, this this kid is long, rangy, grabs you. He's physical. Um, I mean, he just he, he he's a player. Mm-hmm. And if they can get him super sped up, I think with Jackson on one side, hey, hey, this guy might be good enough that they move move Fuller into the slot mm-hmm. <laughs> where he really? was before. Um, and then you could have McCain go back to safety position as opposed to being a corner. Mm. Um, you know, now your secondary is looking really different. Mm. I mean, more athletic, speed, size. Um, yeah, so I would say McCain is my fourth. And if I had to go 
um, you know, outside of obviously the two 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 uh edge rushers, I'm gonna say Terry McLaurin. Mm. I mean, he just he's different now. Mm. <laughs> like uh <laughs> he's not quiet anymore. Oh, he's wow. talking trash. Oh. I mean he listen, he he knows he's a leader and he definitely you could hear him and it wasn't all all pleasant. Um, which, which was like, wow, you know, okay, he's coming into his role now. He knows what, who he is. Um, but just running his routes and catching balls, man, he, he looks, he looks elite now. It's a big difference with him and everybody else. Well, well, Lake, man, appreciate you being on, man. You know, you know, we always appreciate, appreciate you. Like Ray said, you know, throughout the season, we hope to have you on, um, before we let you go, how can folks, you know, catch catch what you got going on in terms of your podcast how can they catch you on social media uh yeah i appreciate that um you can you can check me out on twitter at uh, lake lewis on uh instagram facebook lake lewis jr um my podcast is uh, after practice with lake lewis um you know you can subscribe to it on uh pretty any pretty much any audio carrier um and then also you can watch it um via sportsjourney.com and on youtube yes. and uh you know i had a i had a i just did one last week got back in the saddle mm. and um did really really well so i was uh pleasantly surprised um i'm actually firing one up later tonight so cool. yeah but i, I gotta get y'all on man uh, we can we can do this but you know i, I do the zoom thing so oh, yeah. y'all gonna have to look fresh to come on okay i mean i don't got the beard no oh, oh, oh i know right that's that me though i know what it is that's that me though <laughs> I'll be fresh enough. All right, I'll be fresh. The beard is gone. We good. We're good now. We good now. All right, we good now. And don't be surprised that you don't be surprised that it did well. You should know you did it did well because I I, I I subscribed to it on YouTube, so it was it was dope. It was a dope show. But I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna be all right, Lake. I'm gonna be all right on that. I'll be all right. You can call this on. I'll be all right. All right, I'll be decent. All right. Well, listen, man. Like, like seriously, like next next week. I'm having it's gonna it's gonna go to you know every show's got guests on it. Okay. So. Um, you know, you guys want to pick a day, let me know, and you're there. You're on. All right, bet. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely Ooh. do it. We'll make it happen. Sounds like a plan, right? Right, All Ray right, Jeezy? So, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, you already know. Life and Brothers, we're back, man. Look at, look at Trey Young. <laughs> Come on, man. Just, the trend is just continuing, brother. We we ready. <laughs> and then also, I'm going to need to get y'all to come through, too. Um, I have um, I have a uh, pre-training camp um remote broadcast um, okay. with a player we'll we'll announce it um we just got everything wrapped up mm -hmm. but it's probably gonna be two players actually um and two two players that i think people will be excited to come out and see so um we will probably announce that if not if not friday monday All but right. yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be like the first week of july and uh, we're we're excited about it. We're gonna have some fun with it. All right, sounds good, man. You already know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, Lake man. <laughs> All right, Lake man. Appreciate you, my man. You know it. All right, fellas. Take care. All right, man. take care. Thank All right, again, man. Hit my man Lake Lewis up on Twitter at Lake Lewis Junior. All right. It looks like there are reports that Scott Brooks may come back next season. What does this mean for the Wizards? Outlook if he does come back next season. We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Life. I just you dig deuces. I'm your homie Wole with the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media, and I'm here to tell you about Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing sports gaming platform in North America. 
while being the third largest daily fantasy sports platform. It's easy to play. Users don't have to spend all day analyzing salary caps and lineups like other daily fantasy sports sites. It also offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR, and much more. Plus, users won't compete against thousands of professionals with algorithms like other daily fantasy sports sites. That crap could be annoying. Monkey Knife Fight has various jackpot contests such as Home Run Derby, which is the MLB $5,000 jackpot on Fridays, and Eagle Eye, which is the PGA 2500 jackpot on Thursdays. Sign up now and get your chance to win the bag. Go to www.monkeyknifefight.com. Again, that is www.monkeyknifefight.com and don't forget to sign up using the code urban again that's urban that's u-r-b-a-n urban hey help me make you great you are listening to the urban sports scene with Ray Jeezy and myself, Wole, part of Ampire Media. You can check out Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. There are, and there was a report uh, that the Washington Wizards will bring back head coach Scott Brooks if the Washington Wizards do this. What does this mean for the Wizards next season? Interesting question because we're wondering what they're going to do personnel wise. That's what Mm. it comes down to me. That's what it comes down to for me because mm. this season, obviously, were bad defensively, and they were just undersized. Mm. Uh, Ron, uh, Howell Neto, Ish Smith, two guys that are undersized coming in trying to defend some of the bigger guards, a la Marco Falls, uh, Ben Simmons, Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent is a, isn't the biggest guard, but uh, in comparison to these guys, even Shake Milton just is going right yeah. through these brothers. Now, don't get it twisted. Ish played well, but again, just undersized. That was one of my biggest uh, issues with this team is you can't play small ball and expect to win when you are struggling to knock down perimeter shots. So what are you going to do as an organization from a personnel standpoint? And right now I saw a report yesterday that Quinn Cook is going to be on this roster. And I'm like, I love Quinn because he's from PG. You know, we know his story. Yeah. Excellent shooter. Uh-huh. However, he's undersized as well. If that's your first acquisition of the offseason, I feel like maybe not a lot is going to change. And that's what bothers me. You cannot put Scott Brooks back in a situation where he doesn't have guys who can now defend the perimeter and make an open shot and space the floor. Because you already know the organization is building around Brad and Russ. Yeah. And we know their style of play. And you're going to have to have guys, kind of what you always mentioned, the corner three type of dude, <laughs> such as T.J. Tucker, who's also tough on defense, yeah. to come in and fill that role who can be that two-way player that they're lacking right now. Rui is, is growing into that guy. He had a shortened rookie season. He had a COVID play second season as well. Yeah. So I'm hoping he'll come into his own next year. Yeah. Denny as well as Young, I'm, I'm hoping he'll come back for that injury. Hungry at his size and his ability to shoot. He could be amazing as well. So it's going to be interesting. Who do you pick up? I'm loving John Collins. I'm going to keep saying it. But that's the only way that I could see Brooks possibly working, even though I don't want him back. Yeah, you know, if he comes back, um, it's just, to me, it's going to be like the same old, same old inconsistency. Um, I don't care if you're firing folks off the staff and bringing in new people in. 
because I heard that report. But I just think it's, it's just going to be inconsistency. You're going to have your your peaks and valleys. You're going to have your situations where you're playing, you know, really good basketball like we saw at towards the end of the season where, you know, they had to turn up because they wanted to make the postseason. Then you're going to have play where, you know, we always talk about like, dang, you can beat the Brooklyn Nets, but you can lose to the, say, the Orlando Magic mm-hmm. or teams like that. So I just think that you have Brooks as your coach. You're not going to have consistent well play. Because you're, mm. you're always you're always relying on, you're only relying on two people to to score at a high pace or produce so much for your for your team offensively. Now, you know, there's a reason why you know certain teams. If you watch, all right, we 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 criticize not criticize. We talk about you know Brooklyn got a bunch of ISO players, but look how they get Joe Harris involved. You know what I'm saying? Like on this Washington Washington um Washington a Wizard squad, you don't get players like that like a Joe Harris that impact the game. Throughout, it's not like Joe Harris is doing ISO plays or anything like that, but he's playing his role. Like you see the ball movement, you'll have Kevin Durant who can score on anybody, make the extra pass to to to, to a Joe Harris or to a um Shammer. You know what I mean? Folks like that. And I'm just using Brooklyn because they're on TV right now. I'm using them as an example. But um, that's the thing about Scott Brooks is that this team is so predicated on a different type of ISO basketball. So. I just, I just, in my opinion, like, you know, if they get, if Scott Brooks comes back, yeah, I agree with you, Ray. Yeah, you're going to have to add personnel, but it has to have, be personnel that fits what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm, I've heard, like, people talk about, yo, they getting DeMar, DeMar DeRozan would be perfect. No, it wouldn't. Cause DeMar DeRozan needs the ball in his hand. And there's no way you can have Russ, you can have Russ with the ball in his hand. You can have Brad with the ball in his hand. And then, then DeMar DeRozan. All, like, De, DeMar DeRozan needs the ball in his hand at least about, 50% of the time, if you watched him play, if anybody has ever watched DeMar DeRozan play, you know what I'm saying? So that's the thing that's going to have to be, you know, worked out. It's like, all right, what kind of three, because that's what they, they're talking about getting, what kind of three and D player can they bring on to bring to this team? Well, Larry, it's a lack of creativity. Everything what you just said sums up as a lack of creativity. Mm-hmm. And that's on Brooks. You can, you can easily defend one pass and shoot or no passes and shoot. And unfortunately, that's what we saw a lot of this season, which we've reiterated time and time again. Tommy Shepard has refuted these reports, and I've heard personally that it's unclear if he's even going to be back, which is why he's not doing anything definitive yet because the future is is not certain for him as well. So we'll see what happens. But 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 people are frustrated because all these other organizations, we said this last week, that's all I want to talk about. They're interviewing candidates. And what is Washington done? But that's my point, right? Like you just said it. Like you said last week, I couldn't talk, but you said it last week, right? And it was to a point where, (laughs) no, because it's real. Like what you said was totally true. It's like, glad you're back. Thank you, bro. Um, You said, you said something interesting. Like you got other teams making Uh these moves. Like they're making these moves. Like this tell, this is the thing that why I think the reports are true. Have you heard them talk about Jason Kidd is meeting with other teams right now? Like Jason Kidd is on, it's out yep. there. He's available. Why are you not at least bringing a Jason Kidd in? If you are really looking at bringing in a new coach, not to say you want to hire Jason Kidd, but what's wrong with interviewing a Jason Kidd, a, a system that won a championship? What's wrong with that? Or you know, if you if your excuse is that oh we're gonna we're we're waiting for you know um. We're waiting for some of these teams who are in the postseason. That's just not good enough. There are other there are other high quality coaches out there that you can you know that you can kind of at least talk to at this point in time. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm saying, hey, you got to hire him, but at least talk to him and say, hey, this may be a good fit. Let me talk to him and see if this will work with a Bradley Bill, Russell, Russell Westbrook. Because at the end of the day, this this is what it is to me. To me, just an obser- a, a outsider looking at the situation. I'm looking at it as, all right, and and we're going to talk about this later. I'm looking at it as 
all right, Brad and Russ like Scott Brooks. I feel confident enough to say that because they can do what they need to do within this offense to be productive, right, offensively speaking. So the issue is, all right, they have to bring a dude that they like more than Scott Brooks. You know what I'm saying? And 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 win at the same time. I have a question for you, brother, because mm-hmm. I'm going to play devil's advocate just a little bit just to see where you want to go with this. Yeah. I just heard you on consistency, right? Yeah. However, this team, they swept the Utah Jazz. Donovan yeah. Mitchell played in both games. Yeah. This team also swept the Denver Nuggets before the Jamal Murray injury. And that had the reigning NBA MVP on that team. Yeah. Great. Are they really that far off as they're currently constructed from a personal standpoint? I don't think don't so. Don't you think if maybe they add a few pieces, they could go from being eight to top four in the East? Because we're talking about the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Which is why I was yeah. so confident that they could make the playoffs anyway. Yeah. So if you just tweak the coach. That's my point. <laughs> you know, they, I, I agree. For new assistance, right. So so I'm just saying they're, they're not that far I don't off think that as the per- some people think. Okay, this is the thing. I don't think personnel is that serious of an issue. Like, I don't. Like, I don't okay. think it's that serious of an okay. issue. Like, at the end, like, what do you want? Like, you, everybody can't have a big three. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, all right, if you sure. are telling me, if folks are telling me that Russ is that dude, right? He's a Hall of Famer. Russ is a Hall of Famer. There's no if, if, if ands, and buts about it. But if, if the argument uh-huh. is, if you got a Russ, right? We're talking about a dude that gets triple doubles. Easy. Like, easy money, right? You got a dude that scored 30 easy. What else do you need for real? Like all you need is core role players around you. You're trying to tell me that Rui can't be Rui can't be a good role player? To me, Rui is just is better than the PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker just plays better defense, but Rui's better than PJ Tucker. You telling me that? Um, okay. You're telling me that De- like we saw Denny's a, is a lottery pick. We don't know what Denny can do yet. We don't know if Denny's gonna uh, if Denny ain't if Denny can't be that dude. But Denny got potential. Like let's be real, he do he has potential. If you're a basketball, if you're a baller, sure. you know that Denny got potential. All right, you sure. gotta you gotta pick and dive, dude. And Gafford, you got Gafford. Every though that is the prototypical big right now. He is he is a he was a dominant rough for you. Like that is the dude that you can start next season. But oh oh okay, you got you got Brian coming back, a dude that you think that could be he can now pick and pop and shoot threes, and is a guy that you mm-hmm. actually actually like. So you got two bigs. Are you talking you got two young bigs? Wow. Okay. So why? So this whole talk about like the Wizards need this, that, and the other—they're not far off in terms of personnel. It's just that which your what the coaches the coaches put out. Because I'm gonna tell you this: it's only personnel. It's only a personnel issue when the coach isn't if the coach isn't playing coaching them the correct way. For instance, all right, you can watch the Clippers game and that Clippers Utah game, and if folks was folks have the Utah series. I'm sorry, and I heard a I heard a commentator say that. Uh, the Clippers, the Clippers benches just been outperforming them. Utah's bench can't catch up. They're not playing as well. They're not as or as good. It was only an issue in this in the last couple games because in the in the Nuggets series, I mean, excuse me, not the Nuggets series, in the um the Memphis series, their bench role players are playing great. In the in game one, game two, they were playing great. It's only it's it's by perception. The issue is perception and what you know what you're playing against and how you're playing at the time. But again, I'm telling you, if you talk about talent. In terms of and look at a bench te- a, a bench or role players, the Wizards aren't that much different from anybody else. Like really, they're not that much different. Um, well, again, my my issues is I already mentioned size at guard, especially yeah yeah you can yeah, you can get fixed. There that. are going to be some options where yes. you can upgrade there definitely. Yes. And then I love Gafford, 
And I know he said he wants to get bigger during the offseason, you know, grow, gain some muscle. Mm. But there's still no center on this roster that can guard and beat. Now, but nobody can guard and beat, Orlando. But nobody can beat up. Well, well, no, no. Capella is able to slow him down. I've been nah, watching it. Nah, he gets there easy, are some, easy. There are some guys that can slow him down. I mean, I, I know he's not 100% healthy. He's not. He's not. But but, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think I – think, well, I, I need somebody who can at least make it – somewhat challenging for him like he didn't face any challenge in the Wizards series and you see the difference in the Hawks series where he's facing some form of a challenge my goodness well he, I, he still of course is that talented he, but okay. you have to be able to challenge him I, I'm just saying like none of the guys they have right now none of the bigs are able to challenge the best player in the Eastern Conference and who you're going to have to go through if you want to advance yeah I bet, I'm just saying like all right, so Atlantic, the Atlanta series, other than the game that he's, he was hurt, well, like he played bad last game. He, he scored 30-plus easy on – 30-plus even on losing game in game one. Game two, he sure. dominated. Game three, he It's like he's not – they're not stopping – to me, there's nobody stopping him. No, no, no. Like, the Wizards – No, 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 no. Nobody's going to stop him. Yeah. He may, well, truth be told, we score him easy – well, scoring more in this series compared to what he did in Washington, to be real with you. Oh, because he didn't play in the fourth quarter against Washington, though. That's facts, facts, another, facts. Another facts. thing was, another thing was, they were never as a team challenged by the Wizards. Come on, now. yeah, I agree. But, but I his, totally agree. Look at his totally shoot. Look at his shooting percentage, though. The shooting percentage has dipped because, again, there's guys on Atlanta that can actually at least challenge. Just like when Boston used to dominate yeah. the Embiid led Sixers. I get you. You know, of course, you're going to take Embiid over any center mm-hmm. that was on. That was on Boston at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm including Al Horford. I'm including what's the what's the white brother's name that came off the bench um, that, that brought energy. I, I, I believe he's now on um, Boston. Oh, um, um, Olenek. Olenek, yeah. I mean, oh, no, not not Olenek is another one for Boston. Oh, 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 he played yeah. for. Oh, what are you talking about? Um, not not Daniel Tice. You're not talking about Tice. not Daniel Tice. You talking about the other not one? Tice. Um, the other guy. He's played Phoenix. Yeah. I know you talking. I know you talking about. I know. I can't think right. of his name. He played with Phoenix about. too. I know you talking I'll, about. I'll look it up. I'll look it up, but. They made it somewhat challenging for MB, you know, to but where you, know what? you yeah. made them work. But you, you're not going to stop a good player. You're right, but you make them work. But you, you know, know what I mean? agree and, with you. And then, I agree yeah, with you. Ahead. But no, no, to your point though, this is the thing though. You know, you know everything what what those teams have in common though. To your point, those coaches are defensive minded coaches. <laughs> there you go. That's what there I'm saying. Go. Like so, there just you because go. you see an individual play, there are people around. There are people around to make it tough for MB to finish. You know what I'm saying? Or there's a body like. To me, like I'm not saying Atlanta plays perfect defense on NB because I don't think they do, but those coaches, and Nate McMillan has a defensive mindset. Um, Brad Stevens, we saw him at, at Butler. That's really his his, his calling card. I, this season was a little different, but he's a defensive minded coach. He believes in like being physical. His team's playing physical defense. So I'm just saying, like it's a little, it's just different, man. I know what you're saying though. Like when you have a defensive minded coach, that's why I go back to the coach. I'm like, you can bring an environment of defense because that's what this team needs. I, Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines. That's what exactly. This team needs a yeah. defense, a coach with a defensive mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they're gonna run. Like, if they're gonna run this stuff, you might as well give them de- a coach with a defensive mindset. Like, like, and I feel like they'll be a better. They would be a better football. Um, I say football. They'll be a better basketball team. And just announced Bradley Bill is officially on the all NBA team. So he made that this season. Congrats to him. Congrats. Much deserved. Definitely. Had one of his best seasons and going to continue to get better. You know what? That that's good for Scott Brooks, man. I'm telling you. That's a that's a good that's good for Scott Brooks. I'm telling you. Cause that's extra money that's oh, gonna should be coming to the pocket, man. I'm telling you. So yeah, congrats to Bradley Bill, man. <laughs> so we can go to break, Ray. I don't think we have anything to talk about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think we did. Oh no, you know what? I, I do want to talk about. about I do, I do. You know what? I do, I do. Let's do. Let's do this. I'll say real quick. It's a fair assumption for us to get some blame for this because. We believe that the primary reason he chose Washington as a destination, not be just because the contracts worked out, but because Brooks was the coach here. So it's reasonably no, it's not. easy to assume that he was <laughs> part of what is going into this wait period for us as fans and, and this organization. But I think it's also Brad that plays a big I role. I think so too, man. I said it earlier, bro. Like this team is invested in this team is invested in uh Brad and Bradley is in Bradley Bill. They're not investing in Russell Russell Westbrook. Like they're not. You know, as much as we, you know, as much as I mean, I like Russ. You know what I'm saying. But this team is. They want to make sure that Brad stays with this team for like for the, in the long run. That's the goal. So if Bradley if Bradley Bill didn't want Scott Brooks here, if he doesn't want Scott Brooks here, Scott Brooks won't be here. So if sure. Scott Brooks is here, that means that Bradley Bill wants. Wants Scott Brooks. Russ is Russ can say he. I mean, we all know Russ wants Scott Brooks, of course, because he, you know, he's the, he played for Scott Brooks when he was young. But I'm just telling you. I mean, I'm, it just it's 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 a known thing. If your superstar wants your coach, wants that coach, this coach will be there, especially if you're trying to sign this player back. So that's the thing. Like Who? that's all I want. So, folks, chill out. Chill out on Russ. On the Russ. Hate. The, chill the out on base, Russ. Hate. The fan base is really the fan base is really unhappy. And this is how they felt about Ernie Grunfeld as well. And that ultimately led to change. Yeah. The people ultimately led to that change. Yeah. I want to emphasize that the people, because people <laughs> believe that Ken Leonsa just blocks you on Twitter and then keeps it moving. No, <laughs> Ken Leonsa, he, he does listen to the fans as well. Yeah. But he's going to be a little stubborn because he's had some success his way yeah. with the Mystics and, of course, the Capitals. Definitely. So, no, I agree, man. I agree. <laughs> we can go to break now, Ray. Now we can go to break. <laughs> <laughs> all right man game five, game five you want to read it okay go ahead dog I could... now. i'm sorry i thought that's what you were waiting for my bad you good i ain't waiting for it. Go we'll talk, we're going to talk the rest of the nba thankfully after the break Are listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Bole, and Ray Jeezy, part of Empire Media. You can check us out at empiremedia.com. Yeah, I love the little old school NBA on um, the NBA on NBC, a little intro, uh, intro, instrumental. That's my thing, man. I love that. I love that song, man. It just brings me back to the nineties basketball, uh, where of you know playoff basketball so was. You know, it's our age again. That's what playoff basketball was like. So real. Speaking of playoff basketball, man, friend of the show, 
Coach Monty Williams of, of the Phoenix Suns and the rest of the whole squad advanced to the Western Conference Finals uh, with a sweep of the Denver Nuggets. Have they, Ray, this is for you, have they been the best team in the postseason? It's interesting that you asked that question because we were just talking about the Washington Wizards and their lack of size. But one thing I love about the Suns is their lineup, that starting lineup is so real. Mm-hmm. You got Mikael Bridges, 6'6", Jay Crowder, 6'6", of course, 8 and 6'11", Devin Booker, 6'5", of course, Chris Paul is the smallest link, but you got four guys who can guard multiple positions, and that's what makes them so versatile and also so dangerous. They're also a very well shooting team, and of course, they're well coached. Monty Williams should be coach of the year. I, I know what happened with the Knicks, yeah, and I know that that yeah. means a lot to the NBA. But Monty Williams was robbed because not only has he transformed a team that did not make the playoffs last season and now on the verge of making the NBA Finals, but he brought a group of players that did not play together last season during a COVID-type summer. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know, you know yeah, what I mean. A lot yeah, of teams. Yeah, yeah. The, I ain't going to say it's a built-in excuse, but their reasoning for some of the struggles is we can't practice like we normally would, which is all relevant. Every mm. team is dealing with it, but Monty Williams is making it work. And then, of course, the acquisition of Chris Paul. James Jones was not looking good at that GM. Now, man, he's looking like he's going to be the executive of the freaking year. They haven't already named that person. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how they'll match up against these other teams that are remaining in the playoffs because I feel like they match up well with everyone. Man, I think they've been the best team in the postseason. Uh, I think that when you look at what they've done, um, they knocked out the defending champions in the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, when everybody doubted them, you know, especially after, you know, losing game two, um, they come back and, and then they lose game three. They're like, okay, everybody's like, okay, the Lakers are about to take, to, you know, take flight. And then you have, you know, you have, and Chris Paul is, you know, with a bum shoulder. Then you have Devin Booker stepping up. And then Chris Paul gets a little bit healthier. And you just see, you know, what this team can do with, you know, Aiden uh, playing well throughout that series. And then you see what they did to the Nuggets, a team that went to the Western Conference uh, Finals last season, and they swept them. So to me, when you look at the just the, the body of work, they've been the best team in, in, in the playoffs because what they've done against, you know, high-level competition. And it's just yeah. it, it, it is. I mean, high level competition, and you see what you know. And you mentioned Monty Williams. This is a this is a pro, this is a program that he's. It's almost like a college program. You know, he's running like what he had to do to kind of, you know, put his feet in the water and kind of kind of you know built this thing. And he helped build this thing and, and and cultivate an environment in terms of winning basketball. Monty Williams, if if you're a stranger to what he's done in the NBA as a head coach, he's he's one of the better head coaches in in, in basketball. You know. Obviously, he had an issue and not an issue, but, you know, it's a tragedy happened and, you know, you, it happened to Monty Williams and that kind of derailed, derailed him from, you know, what he's done in the past in terms of being, a, you know, one of the better head coaches. But Monty has always been one of the best coaches in basketball to me. I mean, it's easy to be a top. It's easy to be a, a known head coach when you're playing with, when you have the best the best players in the world, right? It's easy. But when you have to me, when you have talent that not everybody knows or notices, um, Monty has done that before and he's done it now. And, and, and this talent is great. Don't get me wrong. I think our, this could be top Monty's most talented squad because you're having, you have a flat out scorer in De- in Devin Booker. You have Chris Paul, a hall of famer, one of the best point guards that ever played the game. Um, and he's done a great job, you know, getting a younger, a young Deandre Ayton to play at, to play at a high level. You know, you just mentioned Bridget. You see what, uh, Crowder is doing. You see the bench. You got Cam Johnson. Like, he has done very well with this basketball team. I, I honestly think that Monty, like you said, like, yeah, it's, it was hard to pick between Monty Williams and, um, 
Tibbs, it, it, it definitely was a hard decision, but I, I know where you're coming from, man. Mm-hmm. I just felt like Monty Williams, to me, um, because what the Phoenix Suns have, have been over the past some odd years, and to, for them to be a two seed in the Western Conference, that says a lot about Monty Williams as a head coach. Yeah, I said they match up well against other teams, but mm-hmm. not having Will Barton and Jamal Murray did hurt because well, Will Barton came back at five ten. He did the last game, but you had Compazzo and Austin Rivers as your starting backcourt. Those first two games in Phoenix, bro, they combined for nine points. <laughs> no, I agree with you, but you, you know, know what? That, that they hurt. still knocked but, out Dame Lillard. Phoenix could have still beat. They knocked out Dame and CJ, dog. I'm they sorry. Did. That, right. it, it's it. You know, they, you're still playing against the MVP. You know what I'm saying? You're playing against the MVP. Oh, sure. um, this no team doubt. beat. Portland, a lot of team, a lot of a, a Portland team that you got one of the best players period in the in the league. Nah, I'm not gonna take that away from him. You know what I'm saying? Because I can make excuses. We could say I could say the same thing about you know Phoenix beating the Lakers. You know I'm not gonna take that away. Nah, they they beat a good team. Like they are like they beat a good Denver Nuggets team. I don't care what it is. You you got the Joker. Like they beat the Lakers with LeBron. I don't care. Like it is what it is. Like you played top flight stars. You did. You played. You played arguably the best, some like the in terms of top five players. Arguably, if whoever you are, you can make the argument. I don't, you know, this is not. I'm not debating anything. I'm just saying that you you played two of the top, maybe top five players, and knocked them out, and you swept one. It is what it is. <laughs> like I'm not taking that away from Monty and and that and that team. They did they did a good job. Well, similar, the Brooklyn Nets are facing injuries. Mm-hmm. I feel like Steve Nash right now is probably regretting how he coached game three because Kevin Durant hits a pivotal three down the stretch, puts you up. You only, you're getting one of your only leads of that game, and then you go away from KD and let Bruce Brown take the last. Yo, what was up with that, bro? So <laughs> that was interesting <laughs> because if you go up 3-0, you have your foot on their neck, and that gives Kyrie more time to heal. Yeah. James Harden doesn't have to rush back. So he's going to regret that. And I don't like the way the Bucks play. They're not consistent either, in my opinion. Yeah. One minute they're a three-point shooting team. The next minute they're downhill. They're trying to bang. Uh, Chris Middleton has to be better on the road. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. he's, he's very good at home. But on the road, sometimes he's non-existent. I'd be interested to see how this game turns out tonight. But if you're Brooklyn, you're still the better team, even with the injuries. You just have to get back to coaching, not heavily relying on your stars. And KD, I love KD. We, we all do yeah. in this area, but you got to create for your teammates, brother. Yeah, I just think KD is the game of KD. I think KD is the most, I told you, it's the most, you know, unstoppable force in almost in basketball history just because of what down he can do. Down 12 right now. Get it down 12. Um, but, you know, if they don't, if they're not healthy, if they're not healthy in terms of not having, if, if James Harden isn't James Harden, you know, he's come off the hamstring, he's playing today. You mentioned Kyrie Irving's out, and this is a pivotal game five. I feel like the winner of this game wins the series. If if they're not healthy, like yeah, they're they're out of here. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to put it on. I mean, I'm not gonna blame KD. I know a lot of people on social media are like, "Yo, you know, can KD win without a super team?" I mean, it, it takes a lot to win. You know, in the NBA, I think a lot of people act like certain people do it by themselves all the time um, because they just get starstruck. Like Kobe didn't do it by itself. Uh, Shaq didn't win it by itself. He he had Kobe, um, and Kobe had Shaq. Um, you have Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen. Uh, Maddie Johnson played with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, James Worthy. So, you know, Isaiah Thomas had Dumars. The list goes on and on, right? Um, so when we we mentioned these players, like Kevin Durant, you know, everybody needs a great player, but it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, 
what KD is going to do in this game because I just feel like this is the game he got to go for 40. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'm going to keep it a buck. I think he has to go for 40. He's got to be – when we talk about the most – we talk about one of the more prolif, pro, pro, prolific scores, I can't speak. Um, Kevin Durant is that. You know what I mean? And he can, no one bothers his shot but him. So he's going to have to take his game to, a, to another level uh, if they want to pull this series out. Definitely win game five, though. Mm. Definitely game five. But, yeah, I don't think it's fair for people out there to say, like, oh, he has it's, he has to prove that he can win without a stack squad. I mean, you know, I don't think that's fair. Like, and, and people are acting as if, as if he can he do it by himself. And, again, no one does it by themselves. They need at least that second player to be at an all-star-ish type of level. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Amphire Media, AmphireMedia.com. So we got to speed the show up real quick. So – we mentioned Atlanta, the Atlanta, a little bit about the Atlanta Hawks uh, Sixers series, but the, the series is tied to two. Going into Game Five, who has the upper hand, Ray Jeezy? Ooh, right now this is one of the more competitive series that we're seeing. The Clippers right now seem to have momentum heading back, um, heading back to Utah. However, in this series, I don't feel like nobody has momentum. Mm. I feel as though each team is playing and they're evenly they're evenly matched at this point. The key is the role players. Seth Curry, when he's better than Bogdanovich or when he's better than Herder, mm-hmm. dude, they're tough to beat. The Sixers and Korkmaz, he was balling. That's the thing that annoys me about the Sixers is it's similar to Washington. They chose to rely on and beat in the second half when he wasn't playing well, yeah, when the role players were playing awesome. They should have kept on with the game plan that they were already you know, implementing, which was Space the court. Yeah. Allow Tobias Harris to at times create. Use that size difference. Find the open guy. Corkmouth was knocking down his threes. Seth Curry was knocking down his outside shot. Yeah. I don't think they should have played through and beat down the stretch because he just wasn't himself. And to Doc Rivers' credit, he kept him on the bench. And while he did, the game was still close. Yeah. The Sixers maintained that lead all the way to the end. Yeah. So the Sixers role players right now, I think, have the edge. And for me, that gives me the edge to the Sixers going back home. Yeah, I think the Sixers have the upper hand. I just felt like this should have been a 3-1 series. Uh, Embiid played horribly down the stretch. We're talking about a guy who missed a layup to win the game. Uh, I mean, to take, pretty much take the lead, he missed a layup. It's not like he missed a jump hook. It was an actual layup um, and missed it badly. Um, so, you know, to me, they, you know, when they're not blowing leads and they're playing within themselves and not taking dumb shots and Embiid is playing at the level that we've seen him play throughout this postseason, I don't think Atlanta can really beat this team. Um, but, you know, they put themselves in the situation for, you know, giving Mo- Atlanta uh, momentum going into uh, going to Philadelphia, which is going to be a, a hostile crowd to play against. But I expect Embiid to play at a high level. Um, I expect Seth Curry to play at a high level. Ben Simmons to do what Ben Simmons does because I just – and Tobias Harris, if they're going to play that lineup, like you said, utilize him, you know, when Herter is checking him. So I just think that, you know, in this situation, going into Philly, I think Philadelphia still has the upper hand. Because um, I don't expect Embiid to have two bad games in a row. You know what I'm saying? So real quick, also, let's go to the other 2-2 series in, in the West, in the Western Conference semis between the Clippers and Jazz. Uh, your thoughts on the series real quick before we go to break, before we end the show off. Very quickly, Marcus Morris, he's one of the key role players for the Clippers. First two games, he shot one for nine of three. This past game, five for six of three. When he's hooping, the, that makes it easier for Paul George. It makes it easier on Kawhi when you have that. That third guy. You talk about KD not being able to play with second guy. How hard? How how much better is it when you have a second and third guy that can put the ball in the bucket? Facts. Paul George, he's he's a baller, man. Everybody yeah. knows that, which is why he's heavily criticized. <laughs> but unfortunately, 
outside of the pandemic, to me, he's he's done pretty well in the playoffs. I agree. He missed a bad shot with the Pacers, but yeah. he's always been good in the playoffs. I don't I don't get the criticism. I yeah. think the Clippers are looking good to advance. Donovan Mitchell, his team will continue to grow over the years. He's yeah. young. Don't rush it, brother. Yeah, I, one I think how, like you said, I think Donovan Mitchell is is a star, superstar. I, I I'm giving him, I'm giving him credit now. It used to be like I wasn't sure. sure. He's a superstar. All the way he scores the basketball, his his three balls has gotten ten times better. Um, he had a good game last game um, yesterday. I don't like nine for twenty four. That's not my thing about saying somebody had a good game. I know he scored like thirty some odd points, uh, but still, like, be a, I, I'm all about being efficient. Paul George, to your point, Ray Jeezy. I think uh, Paul George to me, you know, this image of him being uh, not being a playoff performer. Um, I think people should watch the tape of him in Indiana when he went against LeBron. Uh, and how well he played. Uh, and like you said, outside, other than the bubble, Paul George has put up some good numbers in the postseason. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that what he's done of late can kind of erase this whole stigma of him not being able to play well in the postseason. He's every People have bad games in the postseason. Michael Jordan's had a bad game in the postseason, uh, has multiple bad games in the postseason, um, but has a, I mean, obviously had a lot of great games. But, you know, he's had some bad games in the postseason, same from LeBron, uh, Kobe, Magic, you name the greats, man. Um, they've had bad games in postseason, so hopefully, people this can erase the stigma a little bit. But uh, this has been a great show. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Uh, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, which is Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the all of the Empire media shows as well as other great content. Again, thank you all for listening to the show. We appreciate you. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Saint for ages. You dig deuces. A mega. Lead us out, big homie.